Hey there! Welcome back to the Mindfulness with Art podcast. I'm so happy to be here with you today. Uh, today I want to talk about one of the things that's most important or, or one of the biggest uh, reasons why people um, come to mindfulness and, and one of the greatest um, uh, sort of things that it helps to, to practice mindfulness and that is our thoughts, okay? Um, most of the time or most people uh, find themselves kind of getting lost in their thoughts and, uh, and if that happens to you, please don't feel like it's something wrong with you or don't judge yourself over anything because it happens to almost everybody at some point. Okay. Um, and so the idea is, um, you know, in order to get out of this, uh, you know, getting lost in thoughts, a lot of times what we feel like is that thoughts kind of kind of feel like they're sticky, like they just, you know, they, they grab onto you and there's no way to sort of escape them, you know? And, um, and the best way to address that and the best way to, to actually get free from them is to is to really bring um, a level of non-judging awareness to your thoughts and, and, and not only the thoughts themselves, but but to where they're coming from and to, um, you know, how often they're coming through and how they're delivered to you and, and all these things, because it's not so cut and dry. Um, you know, there, there's a, a very complex level of, um, of reality to our thoughts. So, um, so what I want to talk about today is, is how to bring that awareness and the attention to this, um, to this process of thinking. Okay. So, um, now please understand the mind <laughs> creates thoughts just like, um, the, the ocean creates waves. Okay. In fact, there's another great, um, a great, uh, metaphor for it, uh, by Jack Cornfield. He calls it like a salivary gland, right? So like the glands in your mouth, right. That just always produce saliva, just constantly, right? Always. You, you always have saliva in your mouth unless you, you know, smoke some pot or something and you got dry mouth, you know, but, but otherwise you, you always have saliva coming into your mouth, right? And so, so the mind works in the very same way where it's just constantly creating these thoughts and they're just endless, right? And, and some of them are happy. Some of them are sad. Some of them are, are in reaction to things. Some of them are not, um, you know, but, but, you know, regardless, it is just an endless supply of of thoughts. It's like an inexhausted, uh, inexhaustible, um, uh, source of, of thoughts. Okay. And now when, <laughs> when people start to meditate <laughs> for the first time, that's often the first time that people ever examine their thoughts, right? Because, you know, one, one way to look at your thoughts is, is like, um, like imagine that instead of, instead of you um, producing your thoughts yourself, right, like inside your head, imagine if somebody was, was standing next to you all day or right behind your shoulder all day whispering into your ear all the different thoughts that you have in a day, right? Um, you know, you, you would first be like, okay, dude, you just keep repeating yourself and then you'd be like, wow, you're being so critical and 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 judgmental and and wow it's kind of bumming me out and then and then you'd be like dude you just got to get away from me or else I'm going to call the cops you know and then eventually you'd just be like okay this person who's whispering to me today is just crazy so I'm just going to like walk away from it you know and and but this is what we do to ourselves all day long so and and most of us don't even know what's going on and that's the thing is that is that we just kind of you know we're going through our lives with this you know sort of um you know mental chatter that's going on inside our heads and and it's not that we we should turn the chatter off because the chatter actually leads to uh, the mental models, which I've talked about here before, which actually are the the thing that that like you know the the sort of guideposts 
for our lives. So, so they're not necessarily bad. You know, in fact, you should never consider them bad. They're not good or bad. They're just thoughts, right? And so, so most people, when they, when they come to meditation at first, this is the very first time that they've sat down and really tried to, you know, to, to, to quiet themselves enough that they see these thoughts, right? And, and a lot of people, very, very commonly are just astounded at how many thoughts are going through their minds and, and how, you know, just, just so powerful this generation of thoughts are. Now, uh, Zen master Thich Nhat Hanh has a beautiful um, uh, analogy for this, and he calls it seeing the waterfall, okay? And that, that's what people do when they first start to meditate, is they see this waterfall of thoughts, right? And I think it's a perfect analogy because a lot of times, you know, because these thoughts all kind of go, you know, one after the other, after the other, after the other, and also form stories of among themselves, you know, a lot of times it feels like it's just like one long thought, right? In the same way that you can look at a waterfall and see just like one steady stream of a, of a singular object. But, but just like a waterfall is made up of, of billions, maybe trillions of little drops of water, so are your thoughts, okay? There's, there's actually, um, science tells us, uh, you know, in, in brain scans, they've, they've studied people and we have 60 to 70,000 thoughts every day. Okay. Um, so, I mean, that's just staggering, right? I mean, <laughs> you know, like 70,000 thoughts going through your mind every day, you know, but, but yet most of us don't even take the time to, to stop and think about these thoughts or <laughs> not think about them, but, but notice these thoughts. Right. And, um, and so it gets further complicated, as I mentioned a minute ago, in the sense that, um, and I guess one of the reasons why we feel that our thoughts are just kind of one big stream is that we tend to, our mind tends to create stories out of our thoughts, right? In fact, there's a, a poet um, by the name of uh, Muriel uh, Ruckheiser who, who says the, the universe is made of, of stories, not atoms, <laughs> you know, because it's, it's literally... You know, you just, you know, you, you're, you, you know, like how many times have you had a thought about something? Like, let's say, let's say something happens at work and, and you feel like, oh my gosh, you, you know, you, you made a big mistake or, or somebody, you know, a, a superior says something that makes you feel like maybe your, your job is in jeopardy or, you know, something to this effect. And, and, you know, before you know it, like within seconds, you could, you could construct an entire elaborate story about you're getting, you know, getting into trouble at work, getting fired, losing your wife or your girlfriend, losing your home, losing your children. And, and next thing you know, you're living in, a, in a, a refrigerator box on the street, right? I mean, this is, this is what we do. In fact, one of my favorite storytellers, um, <clears throat> other than my own mind, is uh, Jack Cornfield, who's a, um, a Buddhist monk and also a, uh, a psychologist, a PhD psychologist. So he's he one of the things I love about him is that he has this balance between the you know the spiritual Buddhist aspect of mindfulness and the scientific you know psychological aspect of mindfulness and so I always pay attention to his stories and he has a great one about this um, so he tells of when he uh, when he first took on uh, his monastic life and uh, joined a monastery in the forest of Thailand um, now he had been a meditator for you know maybe a year or two before this um, but not an expert you know he was pretty new to it I guess and um, and so he was he was sitting in his hut doing his meditation for the day and he was doing a body scan meditation, which I'm, I'm pretty sure I've covered on this um, podcast before, but essentially the body scan is, um, 
is just allowing a wave of awareness to scan over your entire body, okay? So you're just kind of noticing any kind of sensations that you have throughout every aspect of your body. So, so, you know, starting with your head and going all the way down to your toes or starting from your toes and going all the way up to your head. You know, people do it different ways. Um, but a lot of times, so, so when Jack was doing this, he, um, he noticed that there were certain areas of his body where he felt no sensation at all, okay? And, um, and so like that triggered a thought about the fact that about a year before this time he had been working uh for the peace corps in um like calcutta or something and and he uh and he dealt with people who had leprosy you know and so so he you know then the story telling mind kept going and told him that you know the first signs of leprosy are 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 isolated areas of numbness on your body and so so within within the span of like a minute he had constructed this whole story whereby he, you know, contracted leprosy, um, had to write home to his parents and tell them that he'd never see them again. And, uh, and he elaborately, you know, had this whole story that wound up with him on the streets of Calcutta begging for, for alms every day and living with this horrible, horrible and you know, affliction of, of leprosy, you know? And, uh, and so it wasn't until he, um, until he he got the courage to approach one of the senior monks a few days later after he's been living with this stress and and anxiety about these thoughts of 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 you know of dying this hor- or living this horrible afflicted life for the rest of his life um, he, he finally went and saw one of the senior monks and the monk laughed and said, no, 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 that, that's normal to have areas of your body that don't have sensations. Perfectly normal. In fact, you know, all of us do that. And, and it's only when you do the body scan that you notice it. You know, you've always had those, but you just never notice it because now you're paying attention. And just like that, as fast as the story was constructed, the story was gone. And, and so I just find that, I mean, it's a, it's a beautiful, amusing story uh, of Jack. And, and if you hear him tell it, it's just, it's really awesome. So I look him up. Uh, he's a great storyteller and, and an amazing teacher too. But, um, but so, so the point is though, that, that our minds have this power uh, to tell these stories and, and, and they don't, they're not shy about it, you know, and they're, they're not, uh, timid. They're not hesitant. They, um, they do the same, you know, they, they just do it and they, and they don't stop. And so, um, and so the point is that, that we have to sort of be aware of this storytelling that happens. And we have to, you know, sort of, I guess, sometimes sort of challenge this that, that's going on inside our heads or else we're just going to constantly be, you know, triggered by it and, and constantly be hijacked by it, right? So, um, you know, <clears throat> now again, um, you know, it, it all comes down to holding it in non-judging awareness, okay? And the best way to do that is to start with the individual thoughts, okay? And um, and so there's a couple of different exercises that I want to go over with you in order to do that, okay? So so the first one is to um, is to take you know make sit down with a piece of paper and make up a list, okay? You can call it the top ten list of your repetitive thoughts, okay? So um, most of us have you know these repetitive thoughts that go on all the time. In fact, there's a a doctor who I study. Um, who, uh, Dr. Joe Dispenza, who actually, um, you know, he says that this out of the 70,000 thoughts that we have every day, 90% of them are the same thoughts that we had yesterday, <laughs> you know? So, so there's definitely a lot of repetition that come, comes up. Right. And so, and, uh, you know, unfortunately the way that our brains are structured and the, and the way our brains feel that they need to do their job 
is to keep us safe. So they tend to to focus on the negative thoughts as opposed to the positive ones. So in all likelihood, as you're going through these repetitive thoughts, many of the ones that are, are particularly repetitive, the ones that come up over and over and over again, are actually very negative, okay? And and so they might be about, you know, about things like uh, money, you know, or, or conflicts, you know, interpersonal conflicts or, or you know, intimate relationship issues or, or, you know, some fear of, of the future. Okay. And so a great exercise is to, again, sit down with a piece of paper and write them down. Just, just reflect on like, what are the thoughts that come through my mind every single day? Like, like, what am I always thinking of? Like for me, it would be a lot of it's money, you know, unfortunately. (laughs) And, and, uh, you know, it just, it's just the way it is for me. And, um, and so, so, you know, so, so you, you make a list of those and, and by listing them, you, you know, you're kind of by naming them and listing them, you're, you're kind of measuring them a little bit. And, and there's an old saying that is what is measured is mastered. Okay. And so, um, so I encourage you to sit down and do that exercise because it's really, it, it not only does it, um, does it identify these thoughts and give you an idea of like how this is all working in your mind, but also, and this is the really good benefit is that, you know, after you've made this list, now you know what it is. You, you see it like in black and white and, and you can, um, you can then recognize these thoughts as they're occurring. Okay. And you can say to yourself, okay, here we go. Here's another thought about my relationship. You know, I know that this is just my mind doing its thing and you cannot judge it and you can just sort of move on from it without being hijacked and without allowing it. Cause, cause it, it starts to, the mind starts to tell a story when we become attached to one of these thoughts. Okay. So like when you become attached to a thought about, you know, you're, you know, like for me, I used to have tremendous jealousy issues with my girlfriends and, and everybody in my past, you know, so like if, you know, like I would get a thought about, you know, my girlfriend's out at, with her friends or something, and I would get this thought in my mind that there's probably guys at the bar and they're probably hitting on her. And I would have this thought that like she would just be like, you know, like going home with some guy by the end of this story that I would tell. And of course, it was never, ever, ever true, right? It never was true. And, um, and so, so it's only when we kind of allow ourselves to attach to these thoughts that we, that they become stories that then become a hijacking of our, of our minds and, and take away our peace and take away our, um, our sense of, of calm. Okay. And so, so it's, um, it's a really good thing to do to identify these thoughts that, um, that keep coming up because then when, when you see them come up again, you know not to attach to them and know not to follow them as this kind of, you know, storytelling thing starts to unfold. Okay. Now I just mentioned something that I want to go further on. Okay. Because, um, you know, it's, it's a really, really common thing that, um, you know, just because we have thoughts, we tend to believe that they are true, okay? And and just like I illustrated to you a minute ago, you know, less than a minute ago, you know, when, when I would think about these instances with my girlfriends of the past, you know, it was never true. Everything that I thought was never true. And, and that, is, that is almost always the case. Or I mean, maybe not almost always the case, but very often is the case that, that what you're, the thoughts that you're having, especially when they concern uh, worry or they concern judgment or they concern criticism, almost always they are not true. Okay. And, um, <clears throat> and it's like, you know, one of the greatest things that you can do 
when you're examining this is to ask yourself, like, like, you know, what, what is this, this thought? Like, where did this come from? And, and, you know, and is it true? And if it's not true, you know, what, you know, what, what would be the opposite? And, you know, and this kind of stuff. And by doing that, um, you can really start to understand that, um, that, you know, the way that your mind is working is not necessarily always to be believed. Okay. So that brings me to the first practice that I want to go over with you guys. So, um, with you folks out there, um, sorry, I don't mean to call people guys. That's something I've been trying to get over for a long time now. It's a a really hard habit to break. Um, because I know not everybody likes to be called a guy. So please excuse me for that. Um, but you wonderful people out there. Um, the first of the, uh, three or four practices I wanted to go over with you real quick is, um, well, I guess the first one would be the top 10 list, which we already just did. And so now this one is about one-sided thoughts, okay? So so the thing I would suggest to you on this practice is to, you know, again, sit down, you know, and, and just you know, get into a comfortable place. You know, perhaps it's a meditative pose. You know, perhaps it's just you with a pen and paper. You know, perhaps it's just taking a walk, you know, wherever. Wherever you can sort of clear your mind and concentrate on, on these you know, this idea. Um, so, so the, the practice would be to choose, you know, choose an important area of your life, right. That includes some level of difficulty or conflict for you. Okay. So like, let's say it's money, right. Let's say somebody is out there who's, who's always having money issues. Right. Um, so, so sit down and, and think about this, this, you know, aspect in your life of money. Okay. Um, and bring to mind the key beliefs that you have about this thing in your life, right? Now there's, you know, the, the, you know, the key beliefs could have to do with the thoughts around it. It could have to do with certain people around it. They could have something to do with the institution of it. So like with, with, uh, you know, with, with, um, money that would conclude like, you know, the institution would be like this lifestyle that you have that you feel like you can't, give up like you know like like the reason why you have to have enough money for whatever it is right and then also the circumstances which could also play into that like you know like what are the circumstances around this thing that you're thinking of okay <clears throat> now as you hold these items in your awareness okay the thoughts the people the institution the circumstances you hold these things in your mind and in your awareness ask yourself a few questions about them okay ask yourself are they completely true first of all because often they're not. <laughs> um, secondly, are they one-sided? Okay, because that's a big deal. Okay, um, oftentimes these thoughts are one-sided. So, so if you, you know, anytime you're having a conversation, imagine if if every conversation you have, you you you. Or, or any given conversation you ever have in your life, you know, the other person just disappears. What happens to that conversation then, right? There's nobody to sort of give you a counterpoint of what it is that you're talking about. And so therefore, you will just run away with whatever you think is right about that. Okay, so that's what I mean by one-sided. So, so really question how one-sided these, you know, these items are, the, the thoughts you're having, the, 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 you know, ideas of the people, the ideas of the institution, the ideas of the circumstance, right? And then ask yourself who, who made up this story, 
right? Is it something that you heard? Is it something that, you know, your parents told you? Is it something that you learned in school? Is it something that you just made up of your own? Okay, because, you know, this means something, okay? Because, you know, we all know that everything we learned in school is not necessarily true, right? And and we all know that our parents, or at least we should know, is that our parents are flawed individuals just like we are, and they didn't have all the answers. So, so many of the things that they might have told you as you were growing up, you know, you've accepted them as truth because they're the only, they're the people who were the people who you were supposed to follow, but that doesn't mean that they were right about it. Okay. And so, so ask yourself who made up this story and then question, what if the opposite were true? Right. So, so just flip it around and say, well, what if every single thing you're thinking about the thoughts, the people, the institution and the circumstance, what if every idea you had surrounding these things was the opposite? And just examine that, right? And just, just feel what that, what that means, okay? And then, you know, what happens if you just let all these things go? Like, what happens if you just let go of these notions that you have about the thoughts, the people, the institution, and the circumstance surrounding this thing in your life, right? What happens? You don't know until you try it. So just try it and see what happens. And then, and then as you do that, you know, trust in the not knowing and, and hold yourself in loving kindness and, 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 you know, and just be, be kind and gentle to yourself as you're going through this. Okay. Don't judge yourself. Don't criticize yourself. Right. And then at that point, examine how that feels in your body. Where, where, you know, does that feel like a release? Do you feel expanded from, from that? Or do you feel like fearful or do you feel, you know, what is it that you're feeling? Examine these thoughts now, you know, and now how does this, you know, new point of view that you have, how does this, um, you know, affect the actual situation, right? Like, like what happens to the actual situation as you're thinking about this? And quite often you're going to realize that nothing happens, right? And because the situation is just the situation. And that's the point is that, you know, no amount of worrying about something is going to change the reality of that something. Okay. And so, and through this exercise, you can feel that, that by letting these things go, you know, you haven't actually affected the situation, which means that, you know, by not letting it go, you're not affecting the situation either. Right. And so that's kind of where the magic is. Okay. And, um, and then examine like at the end of this, how do you feel about not being wrapped up in your thoughts? Okay. Um, so I want you to try that. That's really, really great practice. And I would love to hear how you, you, do with that. Okay. Um, another great practice is to a very, very simple. Okay. Extremely simple. Close your eyes, set a, set a timer on your phone, on your watch, on the, on the oven, in your kitchen, wherever, set a timer for two minutes, close your eyes and just try to count your thoughts. Okay. Now this can be a tough thing. It sounds simple, but it's not necessarily easy. Okay. Um, at first, you know, your, your thoughts might slow down a little bit because you're no longer identified with them as much, right? You're stepping back and you're trying to look at them from a, a detached, like sort of third person, um, perspective as opposed to being like wrapped up in them. Right. And so, so sometimes that will automatically slow them down. Right. But soon you might realize that you have 20 or 30 thoughts barreling through your mind one after the other, right? And then you might have thoughts about, about the examining of your thoughts that you're doing, right? So you might start thinking like, am I doing this right? Should I be having more thoughts? Should I be having less thoughts? Is there something wrong with me? <laughs> like Jack, you know, like Jack Cornfield, do I have leprosy, you know? Um, and so if we can keep our focus and deepen our awareness of this, right, um, 
you know, we can start to sense this space in between our thoughts, okay? And that's where stuff gets pretty exciting, right? If you can if you can sort of see where the space, where one thought ends and another begins, right? Because that is, there's always some level of space there, right? Because your, your brain can't really think about two things at once, right? It's, it, it seems like it does, just like that waterfall seems like it's just one continuous thing of water, but it's not. You know, if you if you if you could freeze it in time and you could zoom in on it close enough, you will find that it's just individual drops of water. Okay, the same way your thoughts are individual thoughts. Okay, so um, so now and and if you can if you like doing this, you can do this for as long as you want. Like you can do it for ten minutes, twenty minutes, whatever you want to do, um, and you can do it all the time. You know, and uh, and as you're going. You know, you can ask yourself, you know, do you know, are you, do you feel like you're having more thoughts the more times you're doing it or fewer? And and for that matter, you know, is the practice of counting them becoming easier um, or it might be becoming harder? And um, and again, this is all about practicing. So um, so, you know, so, so don't be too harsh on yourself the first couple of times you try it. Just really give yourself some time to grow into this. OK. And now the last practice I want to do is actually about finding that space between your thought. OK, so, um, you know, start out by by, you know, getting into a meditative pose. OK, close your eyes, you know, let your breath, you know, sort of find its natural rhythm. And then what you want to do is is, you know, Focus your your attention on your breath as you would while you're um, while you're you're doing meditation, right? And then after a couple of minutes, try to direct your attention to the spaces in between your breaths. Okay, there's the in breath and then there's the out breath, but there is a little space in between, right? Now try to notice how long that time in between your breaths lasts, right? Um, and then you can ask yourself or, or examine: is it is it longer? before the in-breath or is it longer before the out-breath? And, and so, and is that a, a constant or does it change? You know, and, and again, don't try to change it. Don't, ju- don't judge it. Don't anything like that. Just notice it. Okay. And after you're doing that for a, a few minutes, then you want to practice an open attention, which I went over yesterday in the, in the uh, podcast um, with, with the exercise of open attention, okay? And just freely accept all the thoughts that come into your mind. Don't try to, you know, focus on your breath anymore. Really focus on just, you know, just, just opening your focus to, to every thought that comes through your mind, right? And, and as you watch them pass, you know, uh, try to see where one starts and one ends, you know, and you can also ask yourself things like, you know, like, do the thoughts seem to come, like, where do they come from? Do they seem to come from the back of your, your mind or from the side? Or, you know, for me, it all passes from, you know, from right to left somehow, you know, it's like, it's weird. It's like a, like a movie reel, you know, but that might not be the way it is for you, you know, and, and furthermore, do your thoughts seem like they're coming from somewhere far away or do they seem like they're just jumping right you know, right onto stage from a, from like a a curtain off stage, you know? Um, and then again, try to, you know, try to examine them so closely that just like, you know, drops of water or just like your breath, you know, you can see that time in between. Now that, that might just be like a millisecond that happens, you know, but, 
But it, with enough practice and enough focus and enough presence with this, you'll be able to see it. Okay. Now, again, this is not something you're likely to nail the first time you do it. Okay. The first time you do it, it might be very overwhelming. You might feel like, oh my gosh, there's no way I can do this. This is not for me, you know, so on and so forth. And I encourage you to just be patient with it and, and try to just get past that, that time that it feels really hard. Because remember, Everything you've ever done, you know, in your life, everything has seemed hard at first. You know, I guess maybe that's not true for every single thing, but almost, okay? Like even eating, when you were a baby, you know, the first time you tried to feed yourself with a spoon, you more than likely put the spoon into your forehead before you put it into your mouth, okay? So so please remember that, that this is not necessarily something that's going to be easy the first time you do it. However, the same way that you very rarely probably hit your head with a with a spoon now full of food <laughs> you know you will get better at it uh, you know with practice and so so I encourage you to try this you know maybe over the course of a week you try each of these practices once a day something like that only takes a few minutes it's not like a, a tremendous time uh, commitment that you're making but um, but I encourage you to try it because these are really really valuable ways in which you can you know again measure your thoughts so therefore you can master them right and and because if you're not going to master them they're going to tend to master you. And then that's when we get into trouble because that's when we get really overwhelmed. We, you know, overwhelmed breeds anxiety and anxiety leads to, you know, to worry and, and regret, which then leads to depression, which, you know, then you're in a whole kind of big emotional mess. Okay. So, uh, so please understand that the, the whole point of these things is not just to have some sort of fun with mindfulness, but it's to actually have an effect on your life. That's going to, that's going to bring to your your life a level of of emotional control so that you're not being hijacked because every time you get hijacked by these things is a time when you're not able to perform at your peak okay and so and what I want to help you do is to become the best you that you can be okay so that's what I have for you today. Uh, I hope you enjoyed it. And, uh, and I do hope that you try these practices because, again, they are really, really beneficial. And, um, yeah, and so as usual, if you want to hit me up, uh, find me on Facebook, uh, Mindfulness with Art. Um, art at artburnscoaching.com is my email. Art Burns Coaching is my website. Uh, Your Life Reclaimed is another website. Um, or just Google me <laughs> and, uh, and find me. But either way, I would love to hear from you. Um, and so until tomorrow, I wanted, want you to know that I wish you well. And uh, I look forward to seeing you again tomorrow. Bye-bye.